First and foremost, I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land upon which we, myself, and my guests record today's podcast. I extend respect and gratitude to the elders past, present, and emerging of those nations, and to all Aboriginal peoples listening today. Always was, always will be. Hello and welcome, I'm Timberlina and you're listening to Yas Queen, the podcast where we talk about everything without knowing anything about everything. This is episode 5 and I'll be joined by Hannah Conda. Hannah is a Sydney-based drag queen who is an experienced performer, show producer, motivational speaker, makeup artist, host and MC. Hannah continues to wow audiences in Sydney and the wider Australian stages. She has regularly been seen dancing up a storm and hosting fabulous events all over Sydney. Hannah is a fearless and hardworking creative who is dedicated to every performance she gives. Hannah cannot wait to inject a bit of glitter into your next event. This will be part three of many stories we'll hear from professionals and performers from around the country who present Drag Story Time. So let's get straight on into this episode! Okay, yes. Welcome to Yes Queen, the podcast. Today I am joined by Hannah Conda. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Oh, hi, darling. It's so good to be on finally. We made it. So, can you tell everyone where you are currently based and how long you've been doing drag story time for? Um, so, I'm currently based in Sydney, um, in, in the inner west, in Rosebury. Um, I've been doing drag for 10 years and then I've been doing story time for maybe the last three i believe two or three years and what gave you well how did you come about doing drag story time did someone approach you or Um, yeah it was through um rainbow families because i know the initiative sort of started sort of making some waves in the media over in the in the states and around the world um and rainbow families over here um, got in touch with a few of the Sydney girls to start Drag Queen Storytime over here. And it's kind of just sort of snowballed from there. Yeah, which is good. So how often do you do Drag Storytime? Um, it's, well, at the moment, not very often because we're <laughs> currently in lockdown if everyone else is experiencing that as well. Um, but uh, we, 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 we try to do it every couple of months. Um, there's a rotation of queens that go in and do it. Um, and then we have different events that pop up every now and then that want story time. We were pretty popular over Mardi Gras, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's every, every couple of months we try to do them. Yeah. Amazing. And I know, cause I follow you quite heavily. Um, yeah. you did, you did break a record for at Mardi Gras. Yeah, we were trying to break a record um, of the biggest story time. I don't know if that was successful or not. I haven't had that information yet. But um, we uh, we had a really lovely turnout. And, you know, the rec- it's great to break a record, I suppose. But basically for us, the visibility is really important um, because it can be, it's quite a hot topic, drag story time. And um, it's one of those things where um, people are, you know, always debating its um, sort of role and why we do it and if it's, you know, kosher for kids and all of that. So um, it was uh, it was just nice to be in an area where we could be seen and visible by the public and they could see what goes on at story time. We had people sort of wandering past and having a look and then joining in and it was really, really lovely. It was really, really lovely. Yeah, that's amazing. 
I think that's like the most important thing is if you're in the public eye, then it's out there and people are like, oh, okay, they are reading to kids. It's not just like they're doing, I feel like a lot of people think we like a sexualized people and we're throwing sex into kids' faces, which. Yeah. And we're brainwashing them and signing them up to the gay agenda and all of that. And I have to say, I never even got signed up for the gay agenda when I was a kid. Um, but look at me now. <laughs> yeah, damn. How did it all happen then, Del? <laughs> I know. I'm very confused. We'll figure it out one day. Yeah, one day. But, um, yeah, so it's nice to just have that sort of be taken out of, like, because it's usually in, like, libraries or, or in, like, a little, like um, a daycare centre. So to have it out of the walls of a room and in public, because we did it on Oxford Street, um, it was just really nice for people to see. And the kids were just playing games and running around and listening to the stories and you know we're much we're we're as much the big kids as we are the little ones so we had lots of big kids come and join us and um there was a group of boys there that were so sweet they they were too cool to be um sitting down and read uh, listening to the story but they kind of kept their ear open as the day was going on um, and then at the end, they all helped to pack up and had photos with us. It was really sweet. It was really, really lovely. Oh, that's cool. Like the guys that are like always at the back of those kind of events. Yeah. You know, cause when you're 12, you're too cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was really, really cute. I loved oh, it. Oh, that's so good. I love that. I think, um, maybe I should take ours out into the park one day up here in Newcastle. That'd be fun. Oh, they would love it. It's so much fun. And, and like, because it's in an open space, because that's the thing we maintain is that it's not compulsory. So if you come along to Drag Queen Story Time, or you, you're, you're a parent, you bring your kids along and the kid's not interested, you don't have to force them to sit there. Like they can run around and we have other activities like we do games. We had um, a whole like basket of different toys. We had Mardi Gras beads. We had crowns. We had, um, we had some action men with bubbles. We had it all. And so kids that didn't really want to, listen to the story we're playing games and they're all loving it they're having the best time ever yeah, that's, and that's i guess what it's about right um just having them there is the best thing about it yeah um, yeah and it's just a place where they can have fun yeah. without 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 having inhibitions or anything yeah and which that's why i love doing it as well um which probably brings me to have you had any like negative online social media or general media um trolling or backlash or anything like that when it comes to drag story time how's it affected um if you have yeah i i did initially i um there is this online group run by this woman um i don't want to mention her name because she's an idiot but um she she has quite a significant following of very conservative Australians um, and very, you know, um, Betty and Joe Beanie can that sit at home and have nothing better to do than to, you know, get on their Facebook and um, sort of troll us. And that was one of the, that was the first moment um, that I had sort of really experienced any kind of really horrible hate um and because she used my photo she used my name and um she said that I do sexual performances and that I'm now reading to kids and trying to indoctrinate them and all that and then that kind of led to me getting death threats and people telling me that I should kill myself and that I was a pedophile and a rapist and all of those fun things um I 
you know, I have quite a thick skin and I understand. I don't buy into the trolls. I wasn't commenting back. I wasn't replying. I was just kind of ignoring it. However, I did make a statement and said, this is happening. This is what's going on. And um, like that kind of had some traction and pe- with lots of love and support. Because I think the best thing to do is in these situations, call it out and allow people to, you know, support you. Because otherwise, if you go at it alone, your mental health is just going to deplete. Um, and so that was, uh, like, it was lovely to have all the support, but the best support came from my dad. Um, he got the nickname Papa Conda, um, and he was very outspoken against this woman, and he did this wonderful status, and he kind of went viral, my dad, for a bit. Um, he, was in, he was in news publications in the States and um, all over the shop, all over Australia, everyone was, getting on board with my dad because he came out and support it was really lovely um so it prompted me to change um his contact name in my phone to papaconda so oh that is um, so amazing and like just having your dad as like that kind of online love for you which is like a lot of uh, queer community uh, don't have friends no. around them so that's so amazing yeah and that's like it's uh, it's so lucky because i understand um, my position, I'm pretty privileged just to having a great supportive family. Um, you know, I understand that that is not the case for a lot of us. Um, and I, and I, and it's been interesting watching my parents, um, when they come to shows and stuff, they, um, become the sort of the, uh, substitute parents for a lot of people and they end up you know having a huge group of people around them and they you know listen to their stories and they'll be at Stonewall having a beverage and waiting for the show but then crying because they're you know talking to people that don't have supportive families because they for them they just kind of understand how parents could just let their children go and not support them and love them um, that's just for them unfathomable. Um, so they become like this really kind of adopted parents for a lot of people. And it's really, really lovely. Um, so, you know, and I think it's, and it's nice just to show once you step outside of your world and your regular sort of place where you, you go, you start hearing stories of different people. It just shows how change can happen because for my parents, they didn't understand that was a side of our community um and like venues are such safe spaces for people and so important um because it it's their chosen family um and for them to come to that realization and then be a support actually was just really lovely for them um and it's made them more of an ally and more um more outspoken as well which is really nice yeah that's amazing because you grew up in perth didn't you yeah, yeah, I grew up in Perth. In, um, well, most of my childhood was in a country town called York. Um, my parents were hoteliers there. They run the pub on the main street of this country town. And um, so we had a country, country life growing up. And then we moved to sort of the Hills area in Perth, which is kind of just outside of suburbia in Perth. Um, so it's still a little, like it's still quite reserved and still quite um, small, and so so that was it was I always say it's just a lovely way to grow up because you have to make your own fun. That's why I think I've so I've been so enthralled with drag is because it's kind of what I've been doing my whole life, just 
you know, in a different format. We're just we're making our own things, making our own dreams and stuff. So, um, you know, we always played games. It was a constant rotation of witches, shops or um, schools. We, we, and we'd rotate through and we'd have characters and, you know, we'd be doing a little, little sh- we'd make a little shopping centre in the cubby house out the back and we'd invite our neighbours over and run around in the paddock and drive our bikes around the country town. And um, so, you know, it allowed creativity to thrive. Yeah, because I grew up in a country town as well here in New South Wales. So I feel like yeah. you saying that was very much my childhood as well. Um, yeah. Like putting on like talent but, quests for everybody. Oh, love that. Good work. That was my brother. He did the talent quest. He was, I never thought I would get into entertainment. Uh, my brother was always the show pony of the family. Um, he was so gay. He's, he's, he's come out as a homo now. So there's two homos in the family. Um, but he used to do, he's, we've got it on video somewhere. Um, him and my sister doing um, Connie and Carla wash that man right out of my hair um, in, in towels and shower cups. <laughs> you need to find this and post it. And uh, oh, how many siblings do you have? Uh, I've got a brother and a sister, both younger. Okay. So my, my brother's the middle child and suffers chronically with middle child syndrome. Of course. And um, my sister's the youngest and she's always the baby. For everybody all the time yeah and the spoiled one i'm sure because i'm the youngest so yeah yeah and i was the hard done by one because i was the yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> um what it will sorry if you're in charge of any drag like in charge of all drag story time events in australia what would you change about the events um i would i would definitely oh i don't know that's a tough one that's a good question um I would make sure that it is, and it is to a degree, but I would make sure that it's um, always um, known to be for everybody. It's not just the GLBTQ community. I think it needs to be for everyone and everyone can come along no matter what your, what, what your life story is. The place is open for you. Um, I think that everything that has happened through story time in Australia the negative stuff has all been dealt with so well and been so positive and it's always been fought with love without you know because that's the thing we're dealing with families and children and the last thing you want to do is make them feel uncomfortable feel isolated and um so every every time that there's been an incident it's always been dealt with really really well so it would never change anything like that i think we've always combated it very well um i don't know i just would love to change the mindset of people about it um that but that's you know you can't do you can't that. do that but it will happen hopefully in time but yeah in time it's a grad that's a growth thing but i think everything is run really well i think i i love the diversity of different performers doing it i do like it could be controversial to say but i do think there needs to be a um just a sort of a overall how do i say it without being an asshole like I think there needs to be sort of a running sort of order, like a uniform, not a uniform per se, but you can do your own drag. But I think it needs to be a little bit more conservative for kids. Like I think it needs to be kid-friendly drag. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want that to sound horrible, but you know, some, you know, I wouldn't want people to go in there in like a brown panties. 
You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, I totally. So it has to be at that standard of like respectable and if yeah respectable that's the word for it, i think you know and i do, i love bearded queens and everything and that that's all fabulous and i think that's all great to have on board it's nothing like that um it's just more conservative clothing you yeah. know what i mean i just feel like it needs to be a little bit more um palatable for children so you know because the biggest thing that we get is that things are over sexualized and that and that we indoctrinating and demonizing and stuff so i think to combat that i think you need to regardless of your drag persona in nightclubs i think it needs to be more appropriate for the children agreed i have to agree with you 100 percent there and just because i think otherwise it's giving them ammunition which they don't need because you, you know and, and i and i know that clothing and everything is so trivial and um shouldn't matter but it kind of does when we're trying to encourage a positive place and i just don't, would hate for people to get the wrong idea if they see a drag queen sitting there in a bra and hot pair of hot shorts Reading you know what i mean <laughs> yeah 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 mm. but um that's my only thing but i but even then i'm not a stickler on that like I know what I do when I go. I like to wear big princess dresses and stuff just because it's fun and colourful for the kids and they they enjoy the fact that they're sitting there with someone that could potentially be Elsa from Frozen. So <laughs> and, that's, and that's what they love, though. They love... And, like, I had this little kid come up to me, must have been last month, and I had, like, these sparkly shoes on. She's like, look, we're matching. Like the color was off, everything, but all she saw was sparkles. Oh, the sparkles, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think the more sparkles, the better. They are enthralled by them. When we we actually were just in Alice Springs um, uh, a week ago, or two weeks ago, and we were at an event because um, it was Fab Alice, which is their festival over there, trying to encourage diversity in Alice Springs and everything like that and um while we were there uh, this cute these two little girls came up and they were so cute they were in their princess dresses and i wasn't wearing anything princessy i was in um just a sparkly kind of little leotard top moment thing um but they were loving it they were like oh my god look at the sparkles they were grabbing my shoes they were grabbing my lashes they were just loving it and that's what it was so the adorable. kids just that's what they do they see sparkles and they're just like yep that's my new best friend right there yeah yeah we're on that's it here we go yeah that that actually brings me to one of my favorite questions is what's the funniest thing a kid has said to you during story time oh um oh there's so many i just i really do love them that are you a boy or a girl oh, yeah um because that's that's my favorite and that happens like every time um and then you know it's always the parents going oh my god don't ask that don't ask that and having like a conniption about about the fact their child has just asked this question um i kind of really, I enjoy the parents reaction more so than the kids because the kids and just say i'm a boy and a girl i i'm a bit of both but i'm always a princess and that one always gets a that one always gets a good laugh and i love that um but um i've had all different interactions with with the kids they ask all different things they ask about like what movies i like if i like if i like iron man or thor and like thank god i'm up on the marvel stuff now because you know that's become essential when we have some of our little um a little the little boys come in they love their marvel stuff yeah. um and the little girls too not not to um 
say that they're not involved in that. But um, yeah, they or they're always just curious. They just love everything, and they they want to know what what those funny things on my eyes are, and their lashes, and then they got the hands on my eyes, <laughs> nearly ripping off the lashes. Um, yeah, just I just think just their curiosity is quite entertaining. Mm. That's what I love yeah. the most. I mean, I get that same question all the time. Are you a boy or a girl? Are, are you wearing your mum's clothes? <laughs> yeah, you're wearing your mum's clothes. You're wearing your, your mum's shoes. <laughs> I did have one girl who asked if she can wear my things. And I said, well, you're a little bit short at the moment, but we will. We can work, we can work on that. And once you're a little bit taller, you can borrow my shoes and my clothes. Oh. So um, I, I think I'm going to have to start a drag queen wardrobe kind of thing because. That um, little girl's going to hold you to that. Yeah. I know. I know. I've got, I've got, I'm going to have to start hurrying out my clothes. Yeah. It's, it's just inevitable. What's so, the perfect time uh, to start that business at the moment? Oh, I know. We've got nothing else. Yeah. To do, so. <laughs> um, could you break down how your drag story time happens? So do you read like one or two books or how does it all work from when you're hosting your drag story times? Um, yeah, so it depends. I just kind of gauge it on how the kids are feeling and what they're going, what, what their mood is because, um, as you know, doing story time, the kids can sometimes lose interest pretty quick out of the fact that they're just like, okay, we want to eat now we're hungry do you know what I mean so it's like I just gauged by the kids what they're feeling and how they're going um but I usually get through maybe two or three books um and then we do some games we do coloring ins we um we will run around we'll eat fruit because that because the parents at Rainbow Families they all bring in fruit platters oh yep and then so we can so we sit down and we all have fruit um, which is really lovely, and um, yeah, so it's just kind of, I gauge it, I just gauge it, and depending on how young the kids are, some of them get really restless really quickly, um, and the last thing you want to do is make it difficult for the parents, Yeah. so, um, you know, it's it's all about them having a little bit of a break, and being able to have a cup of tea up the back while I keep the kids entertained, and um, yeah, so I just kind of gauge yeah. it as we go. And see what they're feeling but we you know we always like to do a little sing-along or a dance and um we did the goodbye song a couple of weeks ago which was a new one for me where we all sit in a circle and we say thank you and goodbye all in song which is lovely i love that oh, that's really sweet i've never seen that yeah it's like a, i've never heard of it before but it was apparently the group they have a little song to say goodbye oh. and to say thank you it's so cute my heart just melts <laughs> that is so cute oh they, you know, they're all sitting there and they're all rubbing their hands and clapping and, you know, clicking and waving and everything. It's really, really cute. There's a whole dance. It's a, it's a mood. <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. I need to find out what this is. Um, yeah. Do you have your, like, your favourite books you like to read? To the... um, yeah, we did one that, they were, like, because they're always different with the story time because some of the books are um, uh, uh, donated. Yeah. Um, but there was one we read from a local author in Sydney um, and it was about going to fair day and it was like my first fair day um, and then just going through all the different things that happen at fair day, like going on the rides and eating like a corn dog and, you know, seeing all the friends. It was really cute. That was one of my favourites. Um, and I also loved the story about the penguins, the gay penguins. That was really sweet. Um, 
there was one book that got me into a lot of trouble with the kids because it is this one that's meant to um, sort of challenge the kids to sort of speak up when things aren't correct. Yes. So the, 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 the book was called like, this is a circle, but then on the cover, it's a square. And then all throughout the whole story, it's just like, this is a monster, but it's like a princess. Oh. And, you know, so the whole time I'm reading this story, the kids are going, no, it's not. It is not a princess. Is this a princess? That's not a monster. And they're like screaming at me. And I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't realise this book was this dramatic. <laughs> you would have filled up that hour quite quickly from the arguments. Oh, yeah. They were just not impressed one iota with me that day but it was pretty entertaining the parents were laughing and um one of the dads said yeah we've got that book we don't read that one anymore <laughs> <Good morning. Thanks. laughs> but um yeah I, I thoroughly enjoyed it makes me oh, laugh that's amazing is there any other books what's one of your favorite books? oh what are my favorite books Jeez, there's so many of them i don't even know off the top of my head and i have so many here i might just step away because i've got two yeah, I'll go. Two seconds. Yeah, go, girl. Get your books. It's very important. Oh, waiting for Timberlina. Oh. Currently, guys, just for your entertainment, while Timberlina is gone, I am picking up my dog shit. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but you might have to edit it out. Yeah, I've just been talking. Oh, no I've been talking to I've been talking to your audience about things. Can you swear on this podcast? So you can do whatever the fuck can. you want. Oh, great. Okay, I swore. I've just said that currently while you're getting books, I'm sitting here picking up dog dog shit off the floor. Oh, I love that for you. I'm so jealous. Oh, don't be. <laughs> she she's a handful, this little munchkin. Oh. oh. She's so cute. I don't know. Um, because I like obviously follow you like no other. Like I'm a biggest stalker. I feel. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Right back at you, girl. <laughs> um, and your dog is so effing cute. Yeah, she is a cute time. We um we're very lucky. She's a uh, she's quite an independent woman. Um, she's yeah she's she's been the light of our lives. I tell you, and it's really nice just to have someone like because Jack and I work like late nights and stuff. It's just nice to come home and have her there. And, you know, she's been very, very um, loving the last couple of days because I think she realises that everything's a little bit stressful. Yeah. Because they can, they can tell. It's so weird. They can. Like, the, dog, the dogs are very in tune with what's going on. And she's been like, she usually isn't as cuddly as she is, but she's been not left my side at all the last few yeah, days. Yeah, they so. know. They definitely know. I can, yeah. We had to put down our family dog okay. at, the, at the end of last year. It was so hard. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, it's the worst. Oh. I feel so bad because I've moved. Obviously, I don't live with my parents. So every time I go to yeah. visit them, I'm like, oh, I'll get to. And then I'm just like, no, the dog's not here. But I feel so sorry for my dad. Oh. oh I say. Oh, it is so. So I've got two here. So all the welcome. Yeah. And it's all about like diversity and kids yeah. just being loving and caring for whoever is around them. And the other one is oh, equal, and it's to do with um, animals. So they will just yeah. equal and love each other no matter who they are or what they are. Um, it's They're both very like diversity, like focused books. And I really, really love, oh, I love I read. that. So I have been 
getting booked at just like random libraries around Newcastle and the Hunter Valley. And they're probably my two go-to books when I go to a new place. So people don't yeah. think I'm just throwing the LGBTQIA plus community in their face as well, because a lot of the places that I go to, they're actually just like the allies that are coming to support, which is so good. Yeah. Uh, That's incredible. And, and you know what you find that in regional places, the support and the allyship is so strong. That's what I noticed in Alice. Yeah. Um, like the support and the love of the community is incredible. Um, oh, that's really, really sweet. I need to come up to Newcastle. It needs to happen. Oh, me. yes. When we're all open and all our venues are back open, please come up. I'd actually love to take you out because I do a lot of regional shows. So I go to like yeah. Dubbo. I feel like everyone knows. Oh, Dubbo. Yeah, Dubbo, and we go to the zoo. Um, so I go all out west and take the show out west, my bingo show. And like yeah, yeah. in Dubbo, I have to do two nights there because it just sells out so quickly. Um, so you should come and be like a special guest with me out west. It is. I'd love they that. Love that. Would be that. And out, going out west is fun, yeah. especially when we go out to the pub after. And I stay. Oh, do they go wild oh, for it? I've never seen like these hetero males jaws drop to the ground so much. I was in <laughs> I was in Canamble last weekend, which is like six hours away from Newcastle. Um, mm. I rocked up and I was like, "Oh God, I don't know what what am I expecting to do here? I've never been this far west before, and I grew up out this way." Um, and then I went to the pub in just a pleather leotard with a, like a chiffon vest on, and like, oh, you. You dirty girl. And then all these people were like, do the splits, do the splits. And I was like, okay, just one more time before I go home, I'll do the splits for you all. So I did the split. Oh, can you split? Yeah, cartwheel into a split. Oh, fuck me, Dana. I can't split. I can't do it. Just push yourself, Dale. You've got a few weeks up your sleeves. Just keep pushing yourself. Yeah, I'll start doing stretching at home. I've got nothing else. (laughs) Yeah. I'll do stretch classes live. Yeah, good idea. We will need those. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the joys of it, right? Oh, I know. I know. Is there anything else you want to discuss about drag story time? Um, I think you've covered all the bases. I just like I always like to extend an invite to anyone that is unsure about it or confused about it or doesn't know what it's all about. Just come along. Like you have one, you have nothing to lose, but maybe an a morning like you'll come along and you'll just see it and it's so much joy and so much love and like I really enjoy hanging out with the kids just because they are so much fun they're so creative um they like to have a laugh they love to have a dance and they're just such sweet humans and um so I just always invite people to just come along and join in the fun it's really really lovely um and you know it's one of those things don't knock it before you try it like come come to the story time um what else would i like to say about story time um it's just magical it really is as you know what do you like about it what's your favorite thing about it seeing the kids faces light up um yeah like it's a judgment-free zone like when we talk about safe spaces i guess at our age where we go into a club and it's a safe space. It's a safe space for us. Mm. And I think drag story time is a safe space for those kids because at the end of the day, they don't give a fuck about who is reading to them and stuff. As long as they're getting entertained and they love it, they are so happy. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're just so, 
that you and you see that bigotry and hatred and transphobia and homophobia it's all learned because these kids have not one iota of that in their in themselves um and it breaks down that wall of them you know just to be a good human and and, you know it's over here in sydney we have a lot of um lgbtqi families so parents lesbian mums gay dads trans parents and everything like that um and i think it's my the most awful thing to say and that some of the conservatives always say is that you know it's not right that these kids are raised by queer families um but you just see these kids are so loved and so wanted and you see and you hear the stories of some of these families on how they became a family and how the kids were um were brought into the family and there is so much hardship that the families have to go to there's so much money spent to get the kids into the houses and to be adopted and to go through surrogacy and so so when these kids are brought into these families they are well and truly 150 percent wanted thought about and catered for they are looked after these none of these families have just had an accidental child they have always had the habit you know raising a family and raising good children and good humans for this world has always been at the forefront of their minds um and they're just genuinely great human beings that just want to parent great children um and so you know that that argument that people in the gay community shouldn't raise kids is just null and void in my mind um just because you know these kids are wanted yeah and love and it same and same goes for like single parent families as well you know when they say stuff like that it discredits them and they're just as important and kids that are raised by grandparents and it just shows that every family is important and just needs to have support and love behind it and that's what fam- rainbow families and drag queen story time is all about yeah agree well i'm sure that i'll get you back on to the podcast um, for a queer chat, so we learn more about you as a drag performer and stuff in the coming weeks. But I just want to say thank you so much for yes, coming. Yes, Queen. On. You're more than welcome anytime, darling. Thank you for having me. And it's really brightened up my my day in quarantine today. Um, and my partner's gone out yeah. to go. What's he doing? He's, oh, he's at Stonewall because we just lost Stonewall today. Yeah. So he's gone to with it because he works at Stonewall. So he's um, gone to see all the staff and give them a big cuddle and make sure they're okay. So I'm sitting at home by myself. So it's been lovely. Oh, thank no you. No worries. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening to Yas Queen. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe and tell your friends and family. If you have any questions about anything and everything, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Yas Queen Podcast and send them through. Once a month, we'll compile all the questions and have them answered by queers and allies from around the country. Until next time, my name is Timberlina, Top Shelf Talent. Call yourself double. Peace out. Love you all.